Welcome to the Reaching the World Bible Church podcast. This is Pastor Henry and Ella Looney. Our prayer is that you enjoy the word for today. The real Christmas story. And what I mean by the real Christmas story is that this is the biblical story of the birth of Christ. And every believer in particular ought to know it comes directly from the Bible. We see so many different wonderful Christmas cards and and Christmas uh, movies and Christmas shows that talk about even some of those that talk about the birth of Christ. But a lot of times on those cards and on those uh, uh, cartoons or shows, it is not specifically in line with what the scripture says. And I mean, no, we need to be scripturally based as believers, as brothers and sisters in Christ. And there are so many things that, that when, when I studied this out and when I was taught on this in, in a more in-depth way that uh, I just didn't know and just didn't line up with what tradition the traditional Christmas story says, "Thank God for for the funds." How many? I mean, if you're like me, uh, you love to watch Santa Claus come to town, or Santa Claus hadn't got uh, didn't come this year, Rudolph and all those. But even even the little drummer boy, I love to watch that. But but we need to know as believers, what does the Bible say actually happened, and how does that relate to me? And how can I relate better to my Savior and, and my Lord? And so I just want to take a little time, and I'm going to come in in between, but I'm, I'm going to read to you some of this today. And you'll be able to see it here, and you'll be able to see it at home, these scriptures. I'm going to, I, I decided to go to a different translation because a lot of times it helps you to better understand. All of these particular verses are going to be in the NIV or the New International uh, Version of the Bible. And uh, sometimes you get a little clearer understanding. King James is wonderful and it's a beautiful language, but that's old English and we don't speak it anymore the same way. But we thank God God said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And for us to understand him in a more intimate way, and even how he came into this earth and what he came to do, it will help us in celebrating his virgin birth. How many know it was supernatural? And God is supernatural. How many know we serve a supernatural God? You know that what that means to me? That means I ought to be expecting supernatural events in my, in my life on a daily basis. Do, and I want you to think about it. Don't answer this question. Y'all in the balcony, don't even answer Just think about it for a minute. Do we really get up in the morning expecting God to show his supernatural powers, abilities in our lives, not only for us, but through us? with us by the giftings of the spirit by the fruit of the spirit and manifestation in our lives or do we just get up and say well i'm glad i'm up i'm alive i mean it's wonderful to be alive but how many know we ought to be alive and we are alive for purpose look at your name say tell them you're on assignment so you need to know your real story along with the real story of christ 
Amen, we do. All right, Pastor, where are we going first? Well, we're going to look in two different books, and first we're going to start in the book of Luke, in these Gospels, Luke uh, chapter number one, and we're going to start at verse 29, and remember, excuse me, 26. Remember, this is the NIV translation. I'm just going to go ahead and read, make comments on. In the sixth month of, of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a a town in Galilee. Now, Gabriel, this wasn't his first visit to, to uh, uh, Nazareth. Uh, he had already visited Elizabeth. You see that prior to these verses, and he had talked with her. He had talked with Zechariah. Matter of fact, Zechariah's mouth got shut up because he didn't receive properly. And he would have said the wrong thing. I mean, no, if God shut all of our mouths up, if we were going to say the wrong thing, I don't think very much talking would be going on. Amen, Pastor. That's good teaching. Go ahead. I believe I will. Because <laughs> all our mouths would be shut up. And we wouldn't say some of the stuff that we say. But thank God, Zachariah got it right. And we, I mean, look at name say, you get it right more than you used to now. Amen. Y'all didn't say that with much enthusiasm, but it's still true anyhow. But I'll go ahead. Verse 27 said, uh, well, let me read 26 again. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, she had been pregnant with, with John six months, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. That's important too. The line of David. It was prophesied that Jesus would come through the line of David. And that was on his father side, even though uh, he wasn't his uh, natural father in the sense of he impregnated Mary, but he, he was still her, his father uh, on earth. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. How many of you would like that to be said about you, that you're highly favored and the Lord is with you? I will. I do. I hope he's saying that right now. Verse 29 said, Mary was greatly troubled. If an angel appeared to you right now, to us right now, we'd probably be greatly troubled too. Because just an appearance of an angel, I mean, that's supernatural, amen. Well, that's not, that doesn't happen to us on an everyday basis. Maybe some of us never in our lifetimes. But for Mary, she was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greetings it, this might be. In other words, she didn't understand where he was going with what he was saying. Verse 30 says, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Again, favor. Look at name said, I want the favor of God. Amen. You will conceive. Uh-oh, she's going to get some revelation information. You, and remember, Mary is about 15, 17 years old here. So she's just a young girl. We, a lot of times we think, we think she's a 30-year-old you know, woman. She was a, just a young girl. He said in verse 31, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Isn't that be great, ladies, for, you, for God to come tell you what to call your child? Amen. He did with Mary. He will be great, and he prophesied to her. He spoke over Jesus. And as, as we read this, we'll see these are words that Mary kept in her heart through all of the things because there were going to come great tests and trials as, as uh, 
in her life and in the life of her son. He said, again, verse 32, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. The kingdom of God will never end. This was prophesied even before Jesus was born into the earth. But notice he continued, this conversation continued. Verse 34 says, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. In other words, she was pure. She had never been touched by a man physically. She had never experienced, and to be real plain to our young folks, she had never had sex at all. She didn't know a man in that sense. The angel answered in verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the, of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. She would be impregnated by the Holy Spirit because she had found such favor with God. How many know that's awesome? That's, you know, there are certain religions that... Uh, almost put Mary on the God level. They pray to her. We don't pray to Mary because the Bible doesn't say that. But it is, we ought to give her great uh, respect and honor for God to favor her in this sense because she was the only one that he did this, t this way. So we, sh we should respect and honor her. But notice verse 36. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child, and we know that's, that will be John, in her old age. Remember Elizabeth, she, she was barren and she couldn't have a child, and Zacharias, and that, that was, and at that time, if you were a woman and you couldn't uh, pr produce a child, it was a travesty. They were frowned upon. They were shunned, a word, a term comes from, from society, because uh, that was something that uh, every man and, uh, was expected of every woman. But uh, before this, Elizabeth didn't, and she thought she couldn't. But here, in her old age, and she was. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Tell how long, how, how long she had been pregnant. But notice this, for no word from God will ever fail. You know, that's shouting ground right there. No word that you get, that I receive, that we hear of God will ever fail. And God was telling this and ensuring uh, this to Mary through this angel. And he had, had, did the same thing with Zechariah and, uh, and, and, and Elizabeth at that time. But remember, Zechariah's mouth got shut up because he didn't receive by faith what the angel said. How many know it's important to receive by faith what God tells us? Again, we don't want our mouth shut up, and God's not really doing that now. At least, not not even though you know maybe good. You might wish He would shut some of your friends' mouth up. Amen, Pastor. You you didn't say that. I said that. Amen. But you may have believed that. But anyway, verse thirty-eight says, "I am the Lord's servant." Mary answered, "May your word to me 
be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. So we see this part of the story. And now we're going to move to Matthew, the book of Matthew. And remember, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, they gave... In a, lot, in a lot of these passages, they, they told some things, they told the exact same story, but it's from their own point of view. So it's good to examine uh, more than one gospel in the different events that they're all listed in. In, in this one, we're looking, in this birth of, of our Lord and Savior, we're looking at Luke and Matthew. Notice what Matthew said in Matthew 1, starting at verse 18. He said this, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married. This gives us a, a background to, of how it came about to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. But Joseph didn't know that. That had never happened before. You know what? Never happened again. Amen. So, folk to get pregnant, I mean, they, don't, they can't use that. Amen. Because <laughs> it, it, it had never been that way anymore. But anyway, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> what was that? Verse, verse uh, uh, 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. He was devout. Joseph was respected by God, too, to be the father, the earthly father of Jesus. And that verse continued on to say, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had a mind to divorce her quietly. Joseph was a natural man, just like you and I are natural people. You know, if, if your girlfriend, husbands, or, or if, if you were out there, ladies, and, and all of a sudden uh, you had to tell your, your fiancé, I'm pregnant. With God's baby. How you think he going to react first? He going to be able to, to, to write you a writ of let, letting you go right then too. And that came to Joseph's mind. Even though he was a good man. And you know what? He loved Mary with all his heart. We see that in the scripture. Because it said he didn't want to put her to public disgrace. How I many know that's unlike even Christians today? Folk, do, folk get done wrong, they want, to, they want to get that person back. Even some believers. Amen, pastor. That's good teaching and reading of the word. It is. But how I many know that's not shouldn't be the heart of children of God. And this is all in the real Christmas story. And a lot of times we read over it or we look at it and we heard it, but we didn't hear all of this. And it's important that we hear it. He had in his mind to divorce her quietly. In other words, he wasn't going to tell anybody about the situation because he didn't understand it himself. But notice what happened. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, notice, in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, Again, identifying what line he was in. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Ghost. So what Mary told him was confirmed in a dream he had. Well, Pastor, I have dreams all the time. And, and, and I, should I do everything they said? No, every dream is not a spiritual dream. Every dream you have to even maybe 
you think has some, some uh, religious meaning. A lot of times it's because you ate too much pizza. Or you were thinking about stuff and then it came on your mind. But I've experienced myself, I've actually, I know I've had some spiritual dreams from God. I actually, I know a, f a, a few of them, one in particular, definitely was because I was preaching the message and I woke up in the middle of it and the, it was a good message. And I spoke to the Lord and I said, Lord, I got to go back to sleep and you got to give me the rest of what this message is. I won't be able to preach it. And you know what happened? I went back to sleep and it picked up again. And he gave me the rest of the message. And I preached it more than once. <laughs> Amen. But I didn't know it. It came from God. That was from God. But every dream we have, don't think is necessary from God. But in this one with Joseph, it was. And one thing that happens when you have really a spiritual dream, it's more intense. It's more, um, you don't forget it. It's, you, it's remember, rememberable. I've had some episodes of things uh, pretty recently where God showed me some things and uh, uh, some things that, that maybe I share with Pastor Ella, but I'm not ready to share, uh, you know, uh, just with everybody right now. But, but it was, it, I mean, it was awesome. And I know it was God. And, and it brought it brought blessing to me, and it's, 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 it's lasting. And so there's a difference when God speaks to you in a dream from spiritually that's from God than it is when you dream because you ate too much pizza. But anyway, he had this dream, and the angel told him that. Uh, in verse 21, it said, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Again, he told Mary what the name Jesus, and he told Joseph what the name Jesus. How many know that was important because of the way it was set up then? Women didn't have the same rights that they do now. They, was, they were looked upon, and no, no condemnation, ladies, and I don't mean any harm by saying this. This is just the way it was back then. Women were property as a, a house or animals were at that time. They were considered that, and they didn't have a right to say things or do things without their husband. That's the reason when you go back and you study out Zachariah and Elizabeth, when Elizabeth, because Zachariah's mouth was still shut up, he couldn't talk, and they asked uh, Elizabeth what they, what they named the baby, which was John, and she said, John, and they said, wait a minute, we're not going to name that child John. That was a bold folk, uh, and, and really, because she didn't have a right to name him. And uh, that was when, uh, because they didn't have any previous folks in their line named John, but that's when God opened up Zachariah's mouth, and he, and he said, name my son John. That's when his mouth got open again. When God gives you a word, your mouth ought to be open to say the right thing and then to do the right thing. But we notice here in verse 22 of Matthew 1, and this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. This event had been prophesied hundreds of years prior to. When you read it in the Old Testament, it was prophesied of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Then verse 23 says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means 
God with us. Thank God he not, he not only was with them, but he's with us now too as well. Anyone that wants to be led by God, the Holy Spirit is in you as a believer to lead and guide you in all truth. And he'll give you the words to say and the things to do at the appropriate time. Notice verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But notice what did not happen. He, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to, to Jesus, her son. Their, and he gave him the name Jesus. In other words, he didn't touch her physically. There was no sex between Joseph and Mary before the birth of Jesus. And a lot of times people have, don't even realize that Jesus, he was the only supernatural virgin birth but Jesus had brothers and sisters. We see that in the Bible. So after Jesus' birth, uh, their marriage was consummated because <laughs> they had other children that Joseph was the father of. And a lot of times people think, and even folks that put Mary up as God don't even realize that she had natural children too as well. But she did. That's in the Bible. So important to go to the Bible to find out truths. And sometimes when you teach these, not just for young folks, for all of us, and don't think, well, I didn't know that. Because there's a lot of things that if we don't study or see in the Word or it's taught us, that we won't realize that's what it is. How many of you, like me, you read the Bible and all of a sudden, you, scriptures that you've read maybe 10, 15, 100 times, you see something that you've never seen before? A lot of times that comes from revelation. And revelation comes not just because you read something and, and understood it better, but because you've grown and matured more spiritually. And now you can see more clearly what the Word is saying. That's the reason it's so important for us to study, to show ourselves approved, so we can rightly divide the Word of truth. Because that means the Word can be wrongly divided to as well. And sometimes we just don't know things as we ought to know. But again, uh, verse... Now, let's go back to Luke. And I'm going to try to be quick in the next, uh, this next passage. But it's very important. A lot of things happen here too. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree. This is Luke 2, verse 1. That a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius as governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. In other words, wherever they were born, they had to go back to that place and then register. There was a census. You know, we have a census in this country every 10 years. And that changes how we're represented. But they were do doing then, first time went with Quinius as governor of Syria. And so, uh, because Joseph was born in Bethlehem, and Bethlehem means city of bread. Notice when we, when we think about Jesus, Jesus was called the bread of life. A lot of significance in names. Then, and you know it's significance in names now. I know we, we, we don't realize that, but it is. When a name has meaning and you're called that over and over again, that's what you're being called. 
Y'all heard me say this before. Henry, when you study it out, means king. I like that. Because when, when folks call me Henry, they call me king. Amen. Names do have meanings. And it's, that's, that's important too for us to understand. But verse 3 says, And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David. Remember he was in, in the line of David. Because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him as was expected a child. When an engagement took place, it was totally different than it is now. That was almost what we would consider, they were almost married because they were committed to each other. Once that engagement was pledged or written out, they were, they were there unless a writ of divorcement happened. Verse 6 says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes, King James says swaddling clothes, and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. You know, King James says there was no room in the inn. And it wasn't in room in the inn, but these inns these weren't like the Holiday Inn Expresses or the Hamptons or the Hilton that we have today. They were different. And she wrapped him in swallowing clothes or clothes that, that uh, uh, were old and, that, and put him in a manger, in a barn. And we think about manger, you think about when if any of you ever lived on a farm or been to a barn, barn uh, when you go in a barn, it doesn't smell good. Because it's all kinds of uh, refuge and debris and, and waste materials there. That's where Jesus was born. That's where the king of the universe was born. He came into this world humbly. He came into this world in a way that, you know, the world wouldn't expect a king to be born into it. But that's how he would, came into it. While they were there, the kind, again, that was verse 7, again, verse, verse 6, verse 7 says, And she gave birth to her firstborn, her son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available to them. Verse 8, And there the shepherds, and this, gets to, this is a very important part too, and I'm going to try to hurry. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. The angel of the Lord appeared to them. And I always thought, well, why did the angel of the Lord appear to the shepherds? What did they have to do with the story? As you read, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on it. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. Again, angel came. They had never seen an angel before, but they knew it was different because it shined. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Anytime the Lord appears to you as, as an angel, that's the first thing, because you're going to be afraid most of the time. But he told them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news, King James. I bring you good tidings and joy that will cause great joy for all the people. Verse 11 said, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts. Heavenly hosts, a host of angels. That host angels. Host means thousands. So, wow. you talking about illumination. One thousand angels Hit, hit the scene, everything lit up. And 
Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those of whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into, he into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told about us, told us about. And then verse 16, so they heard off and found Mary and Joseph. And the baby who, were, who was lying in the manger, exactly like the angels had told him. When they had seen him, they spread the word. Why did he tell the shepherds? First of all, they were shepherds, and that's the indication. Shepherds took care of sheep. They were pastors in that sense of taking care of. But you know what they did? They also became evangelists. Why? Because they went and told everybody. You know, when you get news like that, you know you got some friends, you know you can't tell them. Because you tell them something, they're going to tell everybody. This is what the shepherds did. They told everybody about what had happened. But this was a good evangelistic message. That's the reason it came, the word came to the shepherds. Because they were to evangelize the birth of the Savior and the Lord. So when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Wow. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorified and praising God. They shouting all the way. God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day notice when it was time to circumcise the child, covenant. Circumcision was a covenant type. A type of a covenant relationship with God. He was named Jesus. That's when he got his name. The name the angel had given him before he was conceived. But notice, a lot of other stuff was going on even before this. And this is the last part that we're going to read in Matthew chapter 2. And I'm going to try to hurry, but comment on a few things here. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, now he had been born. Magi. Magi means wise men. In some translations, it's translated uh, 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 astronomers, star watchers, people that uh, uh, were wise, and in this case, they had to be wealthy. We sing songs, three wee kings. They could have been kings, but they were wise men, and they were uh, watch the stars because that's how they knew and expected the king to be born. But they weren't the only ones. They knew because they saw the star. Others knew because of prophecy. From the, and where they were from, they were from the east, came to Jerusalem. It didn't say what country they were. It didn't say how many it was. It didn't say uh, what their name was. Tradition has given them names, said what country they come from, said a whole lot of stuff about them that the Bible doesn't say. Therefore, we can't say that. Because the Bible didn't say it. Now, it's all right to have those traditions and understand that. And I don't want you to go take your manger scene and throw it away. I don't want you to do that. That's beautiful. We have them here. Uh, we don't have any up right now. But that, that's okay. But the, the Bible says in all I get and get understanding. Amen? So it's good to understand. And then verse 2 says, uh, they came from the east uh, to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw the, his star when it rose and have come to worship him. 
We don't know if they were believers, but they had some spiritual in, in instruction and understanding because the reason they came was to worship Jesus. That's important too. Why are people coming to Jesus today prayerfully to worship him? Verse 3 says, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him. Really all the folks that were surrounding him because he was disturbed. Because if, if the king was disturbed, you're going to get disturbed. Because bad stuff was going to happen. Notice verse 4. When he had called together all the people, chief priests and teachers of the law, the folks that he surrounded himself that were wise, teachers, religious leaders, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. And they told him. In Bethlehem, city of bread, in Judea. How did they know that? By the prophecies. They replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judea, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. That was the prophecy. Then Herod called the Magi, the wise men, secretly. He didn't tell anybody about this. And found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He had reasons. You remember, he had children murdered, not only at the time the star appeared, but he went a year before that so he could make sure he killed this king. And then he lied to him. He sent them to, to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Lie. He wanted to kill him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. But thank God for the insight of God even to the wise men. So they heard from God. And the star they had seen when it rose. Notice, this wasn't a regular star. The star, when it rose, went ahead of them. It moved until it stopped over the place where the child was. Now, notice this was going on, but... Historians say this had to be either nine months to 18 months after he was born. When we see the wise men, most of the time they're at the manger. That's not where they came, according to the word. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On the coming to the house. I thought Jesus didn't have no place to lay his head. That's not wasn't meaning that he didn't have a house. He did. Even Mary and Joseph had a house, and that's where the wise men went. Didn't say it was three of them. Didn't give their names. You know, I just believe it was a lot more than three. And it had to be uh, a convoy because they traveled from the east. They traveled nine months to 18 months, almost two years. So to travel that long with people with you, carrying things, you had to have some money. So these were, if they weren't kings, they were well-to-do folks. On coming to the house, they saw the child. So now the child was, we don't know exactly, but anywhere from nine months to, well, six months to probably 18 months, almost two years old. And they worship him. It didn't say baby here, it said child. Then they opened their treasures. Notice treasures is plural. It wasn't just one item they were given. One of the things that happened when a king was born and you, can't, and you went to see him, you were supposed to bring gifts. These wise men were honorable men, and they brought gifts. They brought, uh, I believe they brought enough to last, to get ready. To, when Jesus got ready to start his ministry, he had some stuff. 
I believe they brought stuff to where Mary and Joseph was well off. And, 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 and that much, I, that, that's, that's me, I believe that. But he, they brought, we know it was a lot because it wasn't just treasure, it was treasures. And they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And all those things were very expensive. And we've taught on the, the gifts before. And having been warned in a dream, notice God spoke to him and they heard him and they did what he said. Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, because they... They knew, God knew he was unjust and wanted to kill Jesus. They returned to their country by another route. They heard from God and they were obedient to God. That is the real Christmas story according to the Bible. We need to understand that. I'm not telling you to throw away, and I, you know, as I said, I like watching the, the Christmas stories and the thing. You know, this is just not didn't just happen with the uh, Christmas story. Uh, I, I mean, you love I love to watch the Ten Commandments movie, but there's a lot of things in the Ten Commandments movie that's not biblical according to Scripture. And so, you know, it's almost you know that's the way almost any book that a movie is written about. They can't put everything that's in a book in a movie. That can't happen. Well, Pastor, I thought, you know, writing a movie was just as good as reading a book. It's not. Reading a book, you get to go where that, in your, in your mind and your imagination and stuff. But the greatest book that's ever been is full of the greatest story that it ever, it ever has been. It's the Bible. And we need to know the real Christmas story. The real Savior and Lord. Because you know what? He's coming back again. Amen. Do you think it's worth me teaching on this again? Oh, 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 I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you all enjoyed it at home too. Let's go ahead and buy our heads for a moment of prayer. First step into being a part of the family of God is inviting Jesus into your life. Let's pray. Father God, as we pray, we seek you with all of our heart. We seek you through everything that's in us. Holy Spirit, have your way. Our prayer is that, that people all over the world that hear this teaching, that heard it right now, that will hear it later because they are embedded, Lord, that they would find out truths that would transform their heart and transform their thinking and their understanding to know that the virgin birth was supernatural and that Jesus is the way, he's the truth, and that he's the life, and that we can only enter in through him. Right now, Father, we confess with our mouth, we believe in our heart that you died for us. That not only were you born into this earth of a virgin supernaturally, but you died and that you were raised from the dead by the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. And when you were raised, all of us that, all those who had believed and all of us that would believe were raised with you. And Lord, we thank you that we are saved that we're forgiven, that we're healed, and that we're brand new creations because we make you our Lord and Savior. If that's you, say, that's me. Say it. If that's you, say, that's me. I believe and I receive right now. I'm a brand new creation. Amen.